Welcome to People's Church. If you're a guest, we're so glad to have you here today at People's Church. And week two of this series, I want to talk to you about myths about forgiveness. Myths about forgiveness. How many of you remember the show Mythbusters? Anybody ever seen the show Mythbusters? So some of you have seen the show Mythbusters. Busters, and, and in that show, you just realize there are a lot of myths that people believe. And, and I, I want to ask you a question, and, and some of these might be myths, and they might not be myths. And, and I want you to think about, is this a myth or is it not a myth? Here, 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 here's the first one. The five-second rule. If you're eating a rib, it slips out of your hand. Onto the floor. If you pick it up within five seconds, are there germs? Who believes there are no germs if you pick it up in five seconds? Lift your hand. I want to know who to pray for right now. <laughs> it's, it's a myth. Jesus was born on December the 25th. True or false? Anybody know? It's a myth. That, that's not a, a true statement. How about this one? A dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth. There's a lot of debate about this now. There's a lot of debate. <laughs> uh, actually, it's a myth. I know you love your doggy, but your dog's mouth is not cleaner than a human's. A dog has bacteria and germs in their mouth just like humans. And dogs bathe with their mouth. And now you let your dog go <laughs> out on your face. Ooh, just... Not Herbert Cooper. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Don't kiss me on my mouth. Hmm. How many of you believe? Is this a myth or not a myth? Going outside when it's cold and your hair is wet will make you sick. It's a myth. It's a myth. Going outside when it's cold with your hair wet will make you cold. You got to get a virus to get sick. How about this one? Is this true or false? Is it a myth or not a myth? Liars avoid eye contact. You know if somebody's lying because liars always avoid eye contact. How many of you know some, somebody that will look you right in the eyes, lie straight to you? You know they're lying. And they look at you, and you're like, you're lying. Oh, no, I'm not. That's a myth right there. And one of the biggest areas where Christ followers have myths is on the subject of forgiveness. Let's look at the scripture today. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21, it says, in this dialogue between Peter and Jesus, it says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? You know what I've heard, Lord? Up to seven times. Peter, that's a myth. That's a myth. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And, and people here, forgive somebody 77 times? That's crazy. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know how they stabbed me in my back? Do you understand how they hurt me? Do you know how much it cost me? Listen, forgiving the person once is hard enough. Forgiving them 77 times is insane. 
And you know what? During my 27 years of preaching the gospel, I've encountered numerous people, a, a lot of people who are struggling to forgive someone. I know today across all of our campuses, I'm talking to people that, that, that are struggling to forgive someone. And, and many people don't forgive because they have a wrong understanding about forgiveness. That the, the, there are myths they believe about forgiveness and those myths keep them chained to bitterness. It keeps them chained to this vicious cycle of destructive behavior. And, and the reality is there are a number of resources that talk and that teach us about what forgiveness is. But there's not a lot of resources that teach us what forgiveness is not. And I believe that is really one of the big keys because so many people totally misunderstand what forgiveness is is not. They, they don't understand it. They've got myths. They've got misconceptions. And today what I want to do is I want to bust some myths so that you can break free from unforgiveness and begin to walk in freedom. Come on, all of our campuses, everybody ball your fist up like this. Ball your fist up, ball your fist up. Some of you are not participating. Shame on you. Ball your fist, ball your fist. Take your other hand, come on, and take your fist and just go like this. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to Bust some myths today, and you're never going to forget this message. You're going to go home today. <laughs> Bust the myths. I want to give you 11 forgiveness myth busters. 11 forgiveness myth busters. You're going to break free today. Number one is this. Forgiveness is a feeling. Forgiveness is a feeling. That's a myth. If you're waiting until the feeling to forgive comes all over you, it's unlikely to ever occur because forgiveness is a choice not a feeling if forgiveness were a feeling we would rarely forgive because we rarely feel like forgiving forgiveness is an act of obedience to God not a feeling let me give you an example Jesus said in Luke chapter 23 and verse number 34 Jesus said father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Jesus was talking about forgiving people in the midst of them hurting him. He was being crucified on the cross and had never done anything wrong, but yet he chose to forgive because you first make the choice to forgive and then your feelings will eventually follow. That leads me to the second myth. Forgiveness means you will no longer feel the pain of their offense. Forgiveness means you will no longer feel the pain of their offense. And, and forgiveness does not equal no more pain. Jesus said, forgive them while he was being crucified. He said, forgive them while he was hanging on a cross. In the middle of his pain, he chose to forgive. You see, when someone hurts you, in most cases, the only way you stop hurting is to stop feeling. And one of the primary reasons 
The primary reasons people do not forgive, they're reluctant to forgive, is because they still feel the pain of the offense and they don't want to seem insincere by saying they forgive someone when their heart is still in pain, when their heart is still hurting. But forgiveness doesn't mean you won't have pain. It may take months, it may take maybe weeks, it may take even years to work through the pain. You can forgive and have pain at the same time. And I really believe it's very important for you and I to understand the difference between wounds and wrongs. Wounds and wrongs. When I use the terminology wounds, I'm referring to people who hurt you unintentionally. They're not trying to hurt you. It's unintentional. When I use the word wrongs, I'm referring to people who intentionally are trying to hurt you. They're trying to hurt your life. And when people wound us, when they unintentionally hurt us, we need to forgive them, but we also need to examine our own emotional health because perhaps uh, I'm not emotionally healthy is why I'm getting so hurt and offended. And maybe I need to examine, do I have an offended spirit? Am I just being easily angered? Do I need to toughen up and, and get a little thicker skin? Because listen to me, if you are emotionally unhealthy, you're going to be wounded all the time, even over silly stuff. Because people will always do stuff unintentionally and you'll find yourself wounded all the time. You see how they look at me? I can't, they look, I'm telling you, they looked at me weird. They didn't smile at me. They cut me off in traffic. I will never talk to them again. They didn't get the birthday gift I wanted. I know they know what kind of birthday gift I want. And you walk around wounded all the time, and it may not be that they're trying to hurt you, it may be that you're emotionally unhealthy. And you know what, what you and I have to do in life? We have to toughen up, buttercup. Just look at your neighbor right square in the eyes and just tell them, toughen up, buttercup. Just go, toughen up, you gotta toughen up. You gotta get some thicker skin. And then there are people who wrong you. They're trying to hurt you. They're trying to take you down. And you and I have to learn to forgive in the middle, in the midst of the pain. Number three is this. Number three is this. Forgiveness means forgetting. It means forgetting. And some of you have been afraid to forgive somebody because you think you have to forget what happened. Or some of you think this. When I get really spiritual, when I get really spiritually mature, I will forget what happened to me when I forgive them. You've heard the old cliche, forgive and forget. And that sounds so sweet. <laughs> the, the only problem is it's impossible to do. You, you can repress the pain and trauma. You can put it in the deep recesses of, of your mind, but your brain really never forgets what happened to you. And it doesn't forget. You can still remember what happened to you. And some people think, since I still remember it, I remember every single detail of what happened to me. There's no way I can forgive. But listen to me, forgiveness and forgetting are two separate things. You'll never forget. You have to forgive. It's not about forgetting. It's about forgiving 
and letting go. And the Bible talks a lot about letting go of the pain and letting go of the hurt and letting go of the resentment and letting go of the bitterness. You have to just learn in the middle of the pain and you have all of the memories. You have to just learn. I'm going to forgive and let it go. I'm talking to somebody right now. You have to forgive and let it go. It's destroying your life. Forgive and let it go. Forgive and let it go. Number four is this. There's a a fourth myth, and that is forgiveness means pretending it didn't happen. So, Pastor, I I didn't forget, but if I really forgive, I need to pretend it didn't happen. Some of you know that at the age of 13, I was sexually abused by a lady. And I've shared that story with you. And in my adult years, while pastoring People's Church, the lady that abused me reached out to me and wanted to talk with me. No problem. I picked up the phone. I called the lady thinking she's going to apologize, going to acknowledge what happened and hadn't talked to her in years and years and years. We get on the phone together and she just begins to talk. How are you doing? I hear you're married. How long have you been married? I hear you have kids. How many kids do you have? I mean, and she was just talking like nothing ever happened. How many know some people like that? You know, they, they, you, you argue all night long with your spouse. I go to bed angry and they wake up the next morning. How you doing? What's going on? What we eat for dinner? What we got for breakfast? You're like, hello, last night? And that's what she was like. You know, I talked for a few minutes and I graciously got off the phone, but I wasn't going to pretend like it didn't happen because forgiveness is not pretending like nothing ever happened. Now, number five is this. The the fifth myth is forgiveness is a one-time climatic event. And the truth is forgiveness is rarely a one-time event. The choice to forgive oftentimes involves a process. Now, now, you and I, to forgive someone, there is a moment, there is an act, there is a decision that we make to forgive somebody. But just because you have a moment, and that moment may be a spiritual moment. You, you may feel goosebumps. You may feel the presence of the Lord as you forgive. You may feel a weight lifted off your shoulders. You may feel a release and freedom when you forgive that person, but just because you have that moment or that act or that experience doesn't mean that you don't have to continue to forgive on a daily basis. You get hurt bad enough. You get wronged bad enough. You'll find yourself having to walk out forgiveness on a daily basis. That, that, that statement Jesus made makes a lot of sense to me. Forgive 77 times. Seven times. I mean, you just forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. And sometimes you have to reaffirm yourself. Because you walk in and you see that person. You're like, oh my goodness. I'm finna, I'm finna hurt you. <laughs> I'm being spiritual right now, church. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to break break you off. And you got to reaffirm yourself. Self, you forgave that person. Self, you forgave that person. 77 times, I forgive you. Say their name out, I forgive you. 
Forgiveness is oftentimes not a one-time event. That is a myth. Every day, choose to forgive and let it go. Number six is this. Another myth is forgiveness is a sign of weakness. And some people, some of you today, have not forgiven someone because you think it's a sign of weakness. And I want you to know that Jesus forgave and Jesus, our Savior, was not weak. When Jesus was arrested and he went on to be crucified, I want you to see what Jesus said when he was arrested. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 53, it says, Do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would the scripture be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Jesus said, I'm powerful. I could call right now 12 legion of angels and they will wear y'all out. And 12 legion of angels is a minimum of 72,000 angels. Jesus said, I could call 72,000 angels right now. Jesus said, I'm powerful. I know I am powerful. I actually have the power now, but I choose to forgive. Forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It takes a lot of strength. A lot of strength is required to acknowledge the pain, to declare it, and then to forgive it. Gandhi said it like this. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. I want you to understand when you forgive, you're not showing how weak you are. When you forgive, you're showing how how strong you are. Forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Number seven, a seventh myth is forgiveness means condoning or excusing a wrong. And that's just a myth. Jesus said forgive 77 times. He didn't say excuse it or just condone it, pretend like it didn't happen. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what forgiveness is. This means we recognize, we acknowledge someone's wrong behavior. They hurt us. Forgiveness doesn't mean to justify or, or it doesn't mean to minimize or to excuse their behavior. Forgiveness isn't saying it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. It, it didn't really hurt. That's not, that's not forgiveness. Or, or somebody who hurts you, they, they come to you and they ask for forgiveness and you say, well, don't worry about it. it it's no big deal. It didn't hurt. That, that's not forgiveness. And many people hesitate to forgive because they feel like the wrongdoer is getting off the hook, is getting away with it. They, they, they feel like if they, if they forgive, it's condoning the offender's behavior. And it doesn't. Forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. It doesn't excuse it. It's a myth to think that forgiveness excuses wrong behavior. Number eight is this. Number eight is this. Just look at your neighbor and say, this is good today. Mm, glad I came to church. How about you? Go ahead and tell them. Yes, this is good today. Somebody's going to get free today. Number eight is this. Forgiveness is the same as reconciling. Forgiveness is the same as reconciling. It's a myth. 
Reconciliation means to restore the relationship. Reconciliation may follow forgiveness, but you can actually forgive someone who has wronged you without the relationship being restored. Understand, forgiveness isn't resuming a relationship. Those two are two separate issues. And this is one of the most misunderstood concepts about forgiveness. And here's the reality. Some of you are afraid to forgive today. You're afraid to forgive because you think, man, I don't really want to forgive because that means I have to have a relationship with them again. And I don't really want to have a relationship with them again. I don't want to be their best friend again. I don't want to be married to them again. I don't want to work with them next to me again. And listen, you have to understand forgiveness and restoration are two separate things. Forgiveness doesn't guarantee that a relationship will be restored. Matter of fact, for a relationship to be restored, the offender has to do two things that are totally unrelated to forgiveness. Two things that are totally unrelated to forgiveness. Here are two things that an offender should do for you to restore the relationship. The first is this, to demonstrate genuine repentance. Demonstrate genuine repentance. Genuine repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. And they do it to you again. So, so repentance means change of lifestyle, change of behavior. Uh, the, the, the second thing the offender needs to do, the offender must rebuild your trust by proving they have changed over time. So, so forgiveness is instant, but trust must be built over time. They're two separate issues. I forgive you. It's instant, but, but trust is something you have to rebuild. And just because a person has changed for a week, just because a person has changed for 30 days, doesn't really mean they've really changed. And you don't want to put yourself back in harm's way. Trust is built over time. The scripture says it like this in Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 8. Prove in all of our locations. Everybody shout, prove. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. So to reconcile, you want to see someone has changed. You want to see fruit from their life. So you and I are obligated by God to forgive, but we're not obligated to trust that person and restore the relationship. Matter of fact, the lady that abused me, I have forgiven her. I could see her today. I could talk to her. I could say hello. I'm not mad or angry. But when we talked on the phone several years ago, And we were in conversation. She said, how many kids do you have? And I I told her, I didn't say, you want to come over and babysit? Come on over. Let's have dinner. I didn't say that. Because I've forgiven, but we're not restoring the relationship. I've not seen any repentance. I haven't seen any fruit from your life that things have changed. Number nine is this. Forgiveness is conditional. It's conditional. It's a myth. Forgiveness is not based on the wrongdoer's action. It's not an if you do this, and if you do this, and if you do that, and and then, then, and only then will I forgive you. That's not forgiveness. Even if the other person never apologizes for what they did to you, we should forgive. It's not based on somebody else's response. Real forgiveness is unconditional. So what I'm saying is, if you're really forgiving somebody, it's not earned, 
They don't deserve it. It's not bargained for. It's not paid for. It's not based on some promise that you'll never do it again. If someone says to you, listen, I forgive you if, that's not real forgiveness. I forgive you if you do this. I forgive you if you never hurt me again. I forgive you if it never happens again. No, no, no. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. He didn't say, he said, Father, forgive them. And he didn't didn't put a condition on it. He didn't say, Father, forgive them if they stop beating me on this cross. He, He didn't say that because forgiveness is not a two person game. Real forgiveness only takes one person, you. It takes one person. It's unconditional. It doesn't require the other person to change. It's not about their behavior changing. It's a one-person game. It just involves us. Number 10 is this. Forgiveness means you always have to tell the person they are forgiven. Forgiveness means you have to tell the other person always that they are forgiven. And some of you today, you don't want to forgive someone because you think, you believe this myth that if I really forgive them, I have to now go to them and tell them they are forgiven. And that, that, that's a myth. Matter of fact, I've, I've never told the lady who abused me that I have forgiven her. Wouldn't have a problem doing it. We just never had have a conversation along those lines. And I've never called up and said, let me just tell you, I want you to know that I have forgiven you. That's not required for you to actually forgive someone. Matter of fact, some of you will feel led to reach out to someone. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a a, a friend. And you feel led to reach out to them to let them know that you have forgiven them. And all I'm saying is this. If you reach out to someone to let them know you have forgiven them, you need to first examine your own motives. Examine your heart. Because if you reach out to let them know that you have forgiven them, it should, be, it should not be to manipulate them. It should not be to make them feel guilty. You know, I forgive you for all that you did. Matter of fact, let me read to you everything that you did. I want you to know that, that you got to check your motives. It shouldn't be to make yourself appear holy. Well, I forgive you. Jesus, the love of God is in my heart. And so, no, that, you know, that you said you should go to tell them that you forgive them only for the relationship to have peace. You should never go to try to start a problem. You should go to fix a problem. Romans chapter 12 and verse 8 says, do all that you, do all that you. We're not concerned about the other person. I'm going to do all that I can to live in peace with everyone. Will my actions lead to peace? Number 11 is this. Number 11 is this. Forgiveness includes justice. Forgiveness includes justice. I want the worship team and the band, the singers to join me on the stage and at all the campuses right now. I really believe the Lord is going to do a powerful work in the next few moments. Forgiveness includes justice. And I want you to understand that genuine forgiveness does not involve justice. Justice usually involves an acknowledgement of wrongdoing. It, 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 it's about an apology or justice would be some type of reward or punishment. But forgiveness should occur whether justice ever happens. You see, justice is something we need to leave in God's hands rather than try to keep in our hands. Here's what the scripture says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 19. Dear friends, never 
Would everybody just say the word never with me? Just say never. I I want this to sink in. Say it again. Everybody say never. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Vengeance is not a bad thing. To desire justice is not necessarily a bad thing. But to seek to return justice, to seek to get even is a bad thing. Forgiveness simply means that you determine in your heart that God is the avenger. He's the judge, not you, not me. And when we try to be the judge and retaliate, we're mad, we're bitter, we're angry. When the cold shackles of revenge are tightly clasped around our wrist, it's difficult to lift our hands in praise to God. When the shackles of unforgiveness and, and bitterness and retaliation and I'm going to hold a grudge and I'm going to let you know I'm mad at him and I'm, I'm angry and it's, and it's gripped your life, you will find your relationship with God is, is interrupted. The flow, the connection is not there like it used to be because unforgiveness will hinder us And I want to encourage you, don't let anything become in between you and your relationship with God. Don't let a person, what they did, how they hurt you, today forgive and let it go.